Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, Networld, and thank you for tuning in. We are continuing in our series on the blessing of the Lord. And yesterday, we were talking about that the blessing of the Lord or the promise of prosperity is sure to all the seed, not only to those who have the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham by faith that it might be according to grace. And that was out of Romans 4.16. And we said that all of God's promises are by faith. That would be salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, healing, deliverance, and prosperity. And we left yesterday talking about the word of faith is as close to you as your mouth. Reading Romans 10, 5 through 9 in the message, Moses wrote that anyone who insists on using the law code to live right before God soon discovers it's not so easy. Every detail of life regulated by fine print. But trusting God to shape the right living in us is a different story. No precarious climb up to heaven to recruit the Messiah. No dangerous descent into hell to rescue the Messiah. So what exactly was Moses saying? The word that saves us is right here, as near as the tongue in our mouth, as close as the heart in our chest. It's the word of faith that welcomes God to work and set things right for us. This is the core of our preaching. Say the welcoming word to God, Jesus is my master, embracing body and soul, God's work of doing in us what he did in raising Jesus from the dead. That's it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God, trusting him to do it for you. Now that's salvation. You see, to believe is to have faith in your heart toward God. To receive is to confess God's word with your mouth. The word of faith is believing and speaking. Speaking is receiving. It actually creates the manifestation. When we speak God's word, we create. We actually create the manifestation. So we need to speak the blessing in order to receive the blessing. Ecclesiastes 11.4 in the Amplified Version says, He who observes the wind and waits for all the conditions to be favorable will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. What's that mean? Well, there's a part to this. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. And I say that nothing just happens out of the blue. There has to be a cause and effect. I started thinking to myself, I need to sow more seed. I need to give more. I started asking myself, how many $10 a month seeds can I plant? Seeds don't have to be big to produce large things. And I need to also destroy all negativity and unbelief. In other words, I have to believe what the Word says. Listen to 2 Corinthians 9.8 in the Amplified. This is a powerful scripture. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, 
possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So we speak the word, we believe it in our heart, and we speak it, which brings it to manifestation. There may be some time between our believing and receiving, but that's called faith with patience. The theological workbook of the Old Testament says this about wealth and riches. There is an ambivalent attitude in the Old Testament respecting wealth and riches. On the one hand, riches are said to be the blessing of Yahweh to the righteous. That's from Psalms 112. It also says they are the reward of humble faith in Proverbs 22. They are the gain of wisdom in Proverbs 14. They are the reward of valor in 1 Samuel. They are the result of diligent labor in Proverbs 10. And they are the proper adornment of kings such as Solomon, Jehoshaphat, and Hezekiah. Conversely, riches may lead to self-dependence rather than dependence upon Yahweh. They may derive from deceit and treachery. They may fly away with eagle's wings, as it says in Proverbs 23. They cannot redeem a soul. That one's out of Psalms 49. And they cannot last. You cannot take it with you. Hence, a good name is more desirable, as it says in Proverbs 22. And in so many areas of life, the evil is not in one's riches, but in one's attitude toward them. Proverbs 28.20 reads, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. And he who has riches or wisdom or might had rather boast in knowing Yahweh. Rather than in riches, the righteous should trust in the loyal love of Yahweh. And the tension between the benefits and dangers of riches is well expressed in the sage's prayer, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, lest I be full and deny thee, and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. And that was quoted out of the theological word book of the Old Testament. You see, I want to sow as much seed as possible. I want to reach as many people as I can. I want to preach the word and make a difference in people's lives, including my own. That's why I'm recording this radio program. I want to reach people for Jesus. I want to live a healthy and prosperous life. I want to build the kingdom of heaven on the earth. I want to get as many people saved, healed, delivered, set free, prosperous, happy, and victorious as possible. And I'm not done yet. I have no plans on quitting or stopping. This is why I want to be in health. This is why I want to prosper more than anything in life. Preaching the gospel can be expensive with today's technology, but you can reach a whole lot of people through it. I believe it's God's will. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Why? So we can reach people for Jesus. So we can share our faith and bless others with the word of God. The word prosper in the Loanida Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament, it gives these definitions for this word. Prosper means to experience and enjoy favorable circumstances. Prosper means to get along well. Prosper means to succeed. Prosper means to always eat well, to live under the shade. Man, that's good. To live always with laughter and song. In the Enhanced Strong's Lexicon, about the word prosper, it says it means to have a prosperous journey, to cause to prosper, and to be successful. That's what I want. I want to establish the kingdom of God on the earth. God had a word to the Israelites in Deuteronomy 8.18. 
The message version says, well, think again. Remember that God, your God, gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant that he promised to your ancestors as it is today. As I have said before, this blessing has to do with generations. It starts with the fathers. It started all the way back to our father Abraham, actually our father God. And just like we want our own children to prosper and be in health, God our Father wants us to prosper and be in health, to establish his kingdom, to live a happy life, and to be successful. And we can receive it by faith, but it will take faith, faith and the grace of God. We receive it by using our faith through his grace. And the promise is sure to all who will believe. I just have to read it again. It's a profound scripture. The blessing, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. The word blessing means the state of prosperity or happiness. It comes when a superior bestows his favor or blessing on one, like God does himself. And the word rich means to become rich, be wealthy, make rich, bring wealth, get abundance. Some people would prefer those words be read differently, but that's exactly what it means. It means the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. The blessing is an enablement to produce. I want that in my life. I trust you too. Why God's blessing? To build his kingdom on the earth. Where will it come from? The treasures in heaven, his riches in glory. And all of God's promises are by faith. Again, our character and attitude in God's blessing needs to be one of humility, one of the fear of the Lord, diligence. We need to be seeking a good name. We need to speak the blessing, not the lust of the flesh. Our purpose should be the blessing, not the lust of the flesh. We should be trusting in the blessing and not in the riches. But doesn't it have to come through my efforts? Doesn't it have to come through my job? What do I do if I have a fixed income? What do I do if I can't get another job? What if I don't have my own business? What if I don't have any money? Well, there's a supernatural in God's blessing. Remember, it was God who said that he gave us the strength to produce this wealth to confirm the covenant that he promised to our ancestors. It's a blessing of generations. Most of our problem is in our limited understanding and how it could happen and what channels it could come from. But in order for us to believe and receive the blessing, we must accept the truth of supernatural streams. You remember the time when Abraham had taken his son up to the mount to sacrifice his son? Let me read it to you, Genesis 22, 1 through 19. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, now take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham arose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. How did Abraham say that in verse five? He told the men to stay with the donkey and the lad and him would come back. How did he know he was getting ready to sacrifice his son? How did he know? Because he trusted in God. He trusted that God met all his needs and that if he gave to God, God would return to him. He knew that God would supply. 
He knew that God would supply for the sacrifice, and he and his son would be coming back. That's profound faith. And in verse 6, it says, So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Wow. Well, (laughs) I hate to stop right here, but we're completely out of time. And so we'll start right here tomorrow to find out what happened after Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son and how God supernaturally provided the sacrifice. Gotta go. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.